Hi, this is Brent Feldman, and welcome to another episode of Mix and Matchbox. Uh, today, I have joining me Rachel Jarena, uh, who is our content strategy lead here at Matchbox Design Group, and she's going to be talking to us about sitemap best practices. Hey, Rachel, how's it going? Hi, it's going good. How are you? Doing really well. Thank, thank you for being on the podcast. Of course, I'm excited to be here. Talk yeah. all things site mapping. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah, and uh, I will say that this is like such a critical component of what we do at Matchbox. Um, literally, like the content has started to like, you know, kind of uh, uh, really run the show for the rest of the process with the website. It helps us organize, helps us kind of center around something. So anyway, I am super excited to get all of these, you know, sort of ideas from you that can hopefully help other people on how they do their site mapping and all sorts of other kind of tangential things associated with it, too. So anyway, uh, I'll, I'll dig right in. Uh, I, I think this one's a, a pretty straightforward one. What is a site map? It's a great place to start. So if we were to define a sitemap, I think the best way, well, in its simplest terms, I'd say it's straight up a map of your website. Um, and to expand on that, the best way to think of it is more of a framework for how your content is organized on the site. Um, it's also a way to tell search engines how to crawl the site. Um, so with that in mind, the way that we approach a sitemap is basically organizing the navigation. So what we usually do as far as best practices is to have three levels. Um, so we'll have our top level navigation, which comprises of the homepage, about um, any services, products, your blog, things like that. Um, so we'll start with those. And those are usually what you want to put the most emphasis on and guide users to directly from the get go. Um, and then under that, you'll nest your sub pages, which are going to be, you know, your sub services, maybe resources, things like that. Um, and then if you want to get deeper, it really depends on the type of site and the type of content you have. Um, but you could get to a third level, which goes under the sub uh, nav items. That sounds perfect. And, uh, you know, and as it does kind of serve as like, you know, the map or a guide, um, I know that, you know, we had started using Lucidchart uh, to basically help, you know, construct this. And Lucidchart is certainly just, you know, one tool in our toolbox that we use. I know that, you know, we could probably be using a variety of different things, um, you know, even like, you know, Figma or design tools. But, um, you know, yeah, can can you maybe let me know or everybody know, you know, why sort of uh, Lucidchart is a tool that you like to use to do site mapping? Yeah, for sure. So Lucidchart is a pretty versatile tool. Um, it's a diagramming application. So you have this whole library of visual elements. Um, we only use like kind of the main ones, which are block features, uh, arrows, content brackets, things like that. Um, but it makes it really easy to just drag the content into the document and organize it however you want. Um, so yeah, the, the interface is really intuitive. Um, it's also a great way to just like kind of get the information out of your head and present it visually. Um, you can do, you know, other than site mapping, like you can do just process mapping or kind of flows or things like that. I think people have even used it for floor planning. Um, so yeah, it's very versatile and you can also share things really easily and collaborate. Um, so yeah, those are really the main reasons why I like to use it. 
That's awesome. Yeah. And it's been really great for presentation. Uh, and I know that even sometimes if you need to, you know, make a, an update on the fly, things, you know, are, are relatively easy to change. Uh, and, and certainly getting people's kind of collaborative input on it, too. You can see mouses moving. So, yeah, it's just it's so fun. I, I've definitely enjoyed using it as well. Um, you know, in, in more in particular into like actually, you know, site mapping in general, um, do you have like a series of like kind of like do's and don'ts, like just, you know, general, like, Hey, you should do this. Don't forget to do this or please don't do this ever. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I think the biggest thing I want to mention right off the bat is do use a tool to crawl the client's old site before you even get started on your new site map. Um, I kind of learned this the hard way in one instance where I did my own manual crawl of a site um, and there were actually a lot of sub pages that were hidden through internal links or just other places on the site that weren't easily accessible to like a front end user. Um, and so the client actually brought up like, hey, we do have a few pages that we'd like to include. Um, they weren't upset. We were able to easily incorporate them. But I did learn you do need to use um, some sort of tool like we use Screaming Frog. Um, that easily just crawls through the sites and makes a spreadsheet list of all the URLs so that nothing is missed. Yeah, it is crazy that, you know, as uh, sites, you know, kind of get made. Uh, yeah, and, and especially in that case, they had been de uh, developing and dumping HTML, you know, kind of content right to the server, you know, maybe uploading via FTP and then sending that link out via email. So it was, it was, it was unbeknownst or hidden. And uh, yeah, and that is, that's a really good point because Screaming Frog did serve as a, a really good resource, uh, it, you know, for that. And then also I know that, you know, uh, you've used it too to like kind of look at just like general URL structures and general like hierarchy. It helps kind of categorize things. It, it's been a super helpful tool. Yes, 100%. Like sometimes there's issues that even arise where you see, oh, like blogs have been duplicated or there's just like random junk on there that can get trimmed off. Um, so it's a great way to kind of open up the conversation with your client about what needs to be transferred over and what can kind of get trimmed and got rid of. So yeah. definitely. Yeah, because uh, especially when there's, uh, you know, lots of content, uh, it's nice to be able to sift through it and especially at kind of like a, you know, a, a high up view. Well, that kind of brings us to like talking about not just obviously creating, you know, maybe sites from the ground up or, you know, uh, creating, you know, a revision of a site, but actually merges of a site is uh, yet another topic that I feel like is really important. And, and we and definitely you have seen this multiple different times, whether it be 28 sites into one uh, as, as you know, we got a chance to work on or even if it's five uh you know as is in kind of like a recent case but like site merges uh certainly are uh they come with a lot of things that you need to consider um you know how how do you go about site merges well so what i found usually and with the two clients you mentioned there's usually two reasons why clients are even trying to merge a site in the first place um, the first common reason is they might have created multiple sites because let's say they've gotten into a different segment in their industry or they're providing a different service. Um, they think, oh, like since that's different from our main offerings, let's create a different site. But at the end of the day, they find it's really hard to manage five different sites at once. Um, so with that, it's usually pretty easy to combine those together because they are usually pretty interrelated. Um, the more challenging reason, though, is if it's a bigger, you know, multinational company or corporation that acquires a bunch of other companies, because um, then, you know, you get these random sites that are all organized different, 
like they're usually pretty dated. There's a lot of research information that's just thrown into resource hubs. Um, so those are definitely the most challenging to work through. But I'd say the best way to approach something like that is to just first take the information that you have and map out what you have so that you can visually see everything that you're working with. Um, it's kind of a tedious step, but it really does kind of take that information and let you visualize it. And then with Lucichart, you can kind of take the different parts of it and start rearranging it. And then it's almost like working through a puzzle where things start to click along the way. And you're like, wait, we can combine this. We can make this standardized into a template. Um, so that's really my biggest tip is I would start by mapping things out that already exist and then go from there and start to kind of work through and rework how you want it uh, structured. Definitely. That that's super important and definitely helpful. Uh, this is, you know, not necessarily directly sitemap related, but uh, also I think, you know, with the site merges, just as a big heads up to anybody, you know, as they kind of work through that is looking at URL structures, definitely not uh, forgetting uh, about 301 redirects at the end of the day. You don't want just, you know, errant old URLs that are just going to like, you know, four or fours. Uh, and then certainly just, you know, trying to consider um, the big picture and the user experience on the front end uh, as you are trying to like navigate so much content, uh, you know, certainly understanding your content like you're kind of, you know, pitching here is is so important because until you understand it, you can't figure out how to help the user visually navigate it as well. So uh, mm -hmm. it's really it's like almost like the critical first step. Yeah. Um, but as far as like um, intuitive naming practices, I know that that is like, you know, something that is, you know, certainly important to, you know, not only pages, uh, certainly, you know, like titles and structures and things inside the site. Um, I know this is kind of a user experience thing. It's kind of a, uh, you know, just best practice SEO thing. But, you know, what are your tips kind of like in re regards to, you know, best practices on on naming structures? Yeah, so I have two main tips around this. So the first one would be to do research. Um, so one thing I'll always do when first approaching a sitemap is to do my due diligence, like getting access to analytics, seeing, okay, what does the page performance look like? You know, because a lot of times, you know, you'll talk to the client during discovery and they might think, oh, well, this is, we want to put emphasis on these services when really they're getting more, um, you know, interaction and performance around another page. So just kind of bringing that to the table and having that be part of the conversation, it can help kind of guide your efforts. Also looking at what competitors are doing, like what kind of terminology are they using? Because a lot of times we come in and we don't know as much about the industry. So doing that research helps as far as terms along with like keyword research. So you can see what like users are actually searching for. Again, like keyword research doesn't have to be like set in stone. That's what you have to name it. Um, it does just help inform so that when you are naming those pages, you have a better idea of like, oh, people say, you know, heavy duty mattress instead of just like thick mattresses, you know, mm -hmm. so you have a better idea of kind of what what is commonly being searched. Um, and then the other thing would be what I've found is the more direct and straightforward you can be, the better. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, you get clients that are like wanting to name their blog, the whimsical Bible of information. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, look, I get like wanting to stand out and be different. Um, but at the end of the day, I feel like you're just shooting yourself in the foot because if someone doesn't know what the page is or what kind of information they're getting there, then they might not navigate to the page. So yeah. my tip would be call blog a blog. 
I promise you won't regret it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. And, uh, and it is hilarious. All the like, you know, different sort of like, uh, variations on what they want to go. It's the journal. It's like, you know, our notes, it's the insider. And you're like, you yeah. know, uh, a user theoretically, every single time they go to a site, they have to kind of like relearn what the site is and what the, the nomenclature of the conventions are. So yeah, I, I totally agree. It's like, you know, like, yeah, the more straightforward you can be and the easier you make it for every single user that comes there to be like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that before. Oh, those are services. They aren't the special things we do every day or something. You know, it's uh, yeah. it just makes it that much better. So, yeah, the less you make people think, the better. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, well, uh, and, and, you know, I guess along with intuitive, you know, sort of, uh, you know, naming conventions, uh, I know that URL structure is important, too, uh, for, for a lot of the same reasons. Certainly, you know, there's SEO purposes behind it. Uh, there's definitely, you know, kind of search, uh, you know, purposes, too. But um, but what are your thoughts kind of on that? Yeah, so the beauty of creating a new site is it does act as an opportunity to kind of rework your URL structure. I'd say like, you know, we do get sites that do it right, but I'd say a majority have issues. Um, so first, it's just kind of uncovering those, which during the Screaming Frog Crawl, we'll usually be able to see a lot of those issues up front. Um, and then just kind of explaining to the client, you know, a healthy URL structure. It'll go from your web address to the top level item to any sub items under that. Um, so yeah, just making sure that that makes sense because that's not only going to help your users, but it's also going to help search engines understand how to crawl your site. Um, so yeah, just following best practices for URLs and making sure that they make sense according to your page structure. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll tag on one, one, uh, hope for everybody to do breadcrumbs too. Uh, yeah. That's a yeah. good one to bring up. <laughs> <laughs> Users seem to like them. Uh, it helps reemphasize, yeah, the URL structure, like you were saying of like, you know, you know, here's the parent item before it. Here's like, you know, the page that you're on. So, yeah, uh, it's so funny because like I, I feel like they they're so critical and so kind of like, you know, I don't know, archaic and in, in terms of like, you know, their fundamentals and like, you know, web design and development. But they are they have like SEO purpose. And I don't know, they're always they're always just a be best practice thing to do. Um, yes. But anyway, especially if you get, you know, if you're in a site that has a lot of sub pages, you might get on this like super obscure sub page and not know how you got from A to B. So it definitely helps kind of map your journey along the way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so when, uh, you know, whether it's a site merge or whether it's, you know, an old site to a new site, uh, anything like that, um, redirects do come into the picture. And, uh, and certainly as I, I feel like, you know, you've probably developed like a good way of approaching, like, you know, how to catalog, how to like think about redirects. Um, like I, I just know that it, it becomes something that, that you don't want to forget about at the end of the day, because those URLs, the SEO cred that you've built up for those pages are, are certainly important. So, um, what are things to keep in mind, I guess, as people kind of work through, you know, redirects? I think, and you even just touched on this. The most important thing is to not forget about them. <laughs> A lot of times they'll get left until last minute, but they are super important, um, because just to define a redirect it's basically this like source code that tells a URL where to reroute to. Um, so any URL that's on your old site is going to reroute to a new page on your new site. Um, so when you're site mapping, like you have a really good sense of how the site's going to be structured and which pages on the old site can correlate to the pages on the new site. 
Um, so I personally don't handle a lot of the redirects um, here at Matchbox, but for James, our technical expert, it really helps him if I can transfer the sitemap to a spreadsheet and then from there make note of all the page names in one column, um, the new URL that I foresee it being, and then any old URL that would correspond to that new URL. So that way, like he has a good idea of where the redirects need to go. And then any ones that weren't accounted for, we can kind of just have a conversation around what to do with those. Um, so yeah, that would probably be my best recommendation is to just not wait until last minute to deal with them and to just create kind of a spreadsheet map of A to B kind of URL structure. That's great. Um, well, and this kind of touches on it, but um, because like, you know, as, as people, you know, whether it's trimming off content or, you know, moving it, but especially as people, you know, kind of trim content, moving to a new site, maybe there's old legacy pages that kind of end up building over time, or they're just things that, you know, aren't relevant, aren't important to what the business does. Um, uh, you know, when, when people are considering removing content, uh, what are the things maybe that they should keep in mind? Yeah, so the biggest thing I do want to note is that if there is any page that doesn't serve a purpose, it's outdated, you know, there's no real reason for it to be transferred to the new site, I would say, like, don't be afraid to trim the fat. Like, it's okay to get rid of old content. Um, if, let's say, it's a piece of content that needs to be updated, then creating a new site is the perfect opportunity to update that content. Um, if you're not ready to do that updating for the live site, what I would do is archive it. Um, so either transfer it to Google Docs or create a copy of it and store it somewhere. But whatever you do, like if you need the content, I would definitely archive it somewhere because once that site goes live, anything that existed on the old site is either going to be redirected or just get lost. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely make sure to keep note, but don't be a content hoarder. It's OK <laughs> to get rid of content. Um, you know, I know everyone thinks that there might be a purpose for it, but at the end of the day, if it's not serving you, if it's not performing, um, if there isn't any sort of clear goal for that page, then I would just, you know, cut your losses, create something new, um, that will serve your website. Well, that sounds, you know, really cool and re really good to keep in mind about, you know, kind of all those general best practices, you know, really using um, things like Lucidchart, just looking at your site as a whole with a sitemap, because I think, you know, the sitemap does help you visualize everything that's going on. You can help appropriate, you know, content in different areas better, really think about the user experience. So honestly, I feel like site mapping is such a critical thing. But, you know, do you have any kind of, you know, last best practices or things to keep in mind? Um, yeah, I guess my final note would be just don't be afraid to go to the client or even your internal team to get feedback. Um, I know there'll be times where I'll be deep in a site map and I'll be racking my brain because I just can't figure out like how to organize a certain area of the site or whatnot. Um, so a lot of times it'll really help me to kind of bring in either Alex, our designer, who really specializes in, in user experience, or like James, who's our technical SEO person, he'll have insight as far as, you know, the technical side of things and how to organize it. Um, so it's great to bring some fresh eyes in and really get another opinion. Um, I'd also say don't be afraid to bring the client in too and to ask them questions, because um, at the end of the day, they really are the expert in the industry. Um, so just getting kind of their thoughts on things too is, is really helpful. Um, but on that note, I will also say, don't be afraid to push back sometimes against client feedback. Um, I know there's been times, you know, as I mentioned earlier, where you look at the data and you see in analytics, 
that certain pages are performing a little better than others, or maybe like their audience is interacting more with a certain subject matter. Um, so just bringing those things into the conversation so they're aware of everything. Um, you know, they can give their reasoning as to why they want to organize it a certain way. You can give yours and then you can come to a kind of mutual agreement on how to organize that content. That's super helpful. Um, like really, honestly, you know, as we come to the table as theoretically the experts and, you know, what we're doing, we've seen, you know, thousands of sites and stuff and done really honestly, you know, plenty of different builds. Uh, it, it's always coming from uh, a place of understanding those best practices, seeing them, you know, played out. And then definitely, as you mentioned to the data, you know, looking at the data, understanding it and uh, and really wanting to to make those best decisions uh, that, that you can up front. So I, I think that's super helpful. Also, I love the phone a friend option, you know, bringing other people into the situation. Sometimes when you stare at something too long, uh, that is always incredibly helpful. Uh, and then just, you know, when you do need to ask the client, um, it, they know their business, they know, the, you know, kind of their workings of, you know, how they deal with like customers and clients or, you know, however, you know, they're set up, but really leveraging them to kind of understand what you've put together in a, in a, you know, kind of better way too. So I think those are all super, super good points. And uh, anyway, and this has been super fun because I feel like uh, this is very helpful, so critical for people to leverage site mapping. So definitely thank you so much for, uh, for doing the podcast with me today, Rachel. Of course. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate it. This has been another episode of Mix and Matchbox. Uh, I do invite you to please like and subscribe. We will be back with more content. And uh, thank you very much.